Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast maiden is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we would like to pay respect to their elders past, present and immersion and their multiple birth parents with children with disabilities. And today, we're going on an excursion to All Things Equal Cafe. This podcast contains truth, laughter, and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. did go on an excursion, we didn't we, Mandy? We did. It was fun. We yeah. went in our car. We went to somewhere different. Yep. We left the outer eastern suburbs. Yes. We, we had a lovely, lovely, lovely coffee, tea yeah. and brunch. Yeah. So we've um, recorded this on my little recorder device that I use for the Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, I was nervous again that we <laughs> pressed something wrong. But you're going to hear noise of a cafe because mm-hmm. we sat in there mm-hmm. with our two, uh, three guests. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we hope you really enjoy this episode. Yeah. So I think that what you should do is just pretend you're in a cafe. Like put your little AirPods, earbuds, headphones in and think I'm in a cafe with Kate and Mandy. You'll hear the the background ambience and you can imagine you're sipping my latte and really enjoy it. We really enjoyed chatting with them and we know you're going to love it too. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are out on the road today, Peas. (laughs) We really are. It's a little bit rainy, but it was a lot sunny. So I've been tricked and I'm in summer clothes, but we are in a cafe. Yes. And so we are going to introduce you to two lovely women that we are meeting today, or you can introduce yourself. I'm Bianca. And I'm Jess. Lovely to meet you and thank you for having us. Um, Okay. Well, we are going to ask you our three questions and then we'll get into why we're here and interview a few people, I think. So, all right. We'll start with you, Bianca. Do you have a song or a band that either picks you up in the good times or helps you through the down times? I think this is very niche, but uh, there's a rapper I like called Macklemore, and he has a, he has a song called Glorious. And I remember when I used to go for um, for job interviews, or I'm about to speak somewhere and I'm feeling slightly nervous, I just blast it, and it just changes my entire mood. So 
That's actually a really good song. So we have a Two Peas playlist on Spotify, so that song will go on there. And what about you? Do you have a song? I can't think of a specific song, but it has to always be Beyonce. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Queen. And the Queen. Love her too, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and our next question is, did you win any awards at school? Um, the only award I ever won in school was in year three um, for leadership. Um, and then after that, I never won anything else. So <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but... Some early drive, you're being a leader. <laughs> yeah, very fun. What about you? Actually, it's just come to me. I ran, I won an award for an Italian poem I wrote in, in, in Italian, but I couldn't recite it for you now. <laughs> I can only count to ten now. <laughs> Brilliant. That's still quite impressive. I think all the language I have is je m'appelle Kate, and that is absolutely it. Okay, and our favourite question, why are you a part of the P community? Um, I'm part of the P community because I feel that every single person in society deserves to have the same opportunities that everyone deserves to have, and unfortunately um, that isn't the case for some people, and I just want to be part of the solution um, to making, making that change in one way or another. Perfect. And you? So I guess I've been part of the P community since I was two years old. Uh, my brother is profoundly deaf and has a cochlear implant. Um, so I went to a school where we had um, many students um, who were deaf and we, you know, from that really young age, we were going on camps together and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and then it's sort of been in the last five or six years that I've decided to bring that into my professional world as well and now everything I do really is about this world so okay sorry we'll break the coffee <laughs> um okay so Bianca do you want to tell us a little bit about where we are yeah, so, so we're currently sitting in um, All Things Equal Cafe on Carlisle Street in Balaclava. Um, we are a non-profit social enterprise that exists to bridge the gap between people with disability and the wider community. And we do that through providing um, purposeful award wage employment training and work readiness in hospitality-based settings. Um, we were established beginning of 2021 because there was, we found that there was a really big need um, for inclusive employment in our, in our local area. And ever since then, everything's just skyrocketed. We've got crazy wait lists. We've got an amazing community that's backing us. We, we see um, development and, and our staff members with disabilities um, absolutely excelling in what they do. And yeah, we're really advocating for, for something that's been such a taboo topic for so long. So we're start sparking dialogue around around something that a lot of people just have no education around yet. And what is your role in, in this? Yeah, so I've been around from the start, so from the beginning of 2021, um, and I'm the I'm the general manager. So I do a lot of the the fun back end work, um, the the yeah the nonprofit side, um, and I'm yeah very lucky to to have Jess um, who's who's joined us um, about five months ago, and Jess is really leading the way, and really excited to to have her leading our team. And so, what does leading the team mean, Jess? Well, I guess um, coming to All Things Equal, so 
is my role is really about setting what is the vision for the future and how are we going to achieve that. So bringing together as a not-for-profit, we have a board of directors, um, plus we have a number of um, philanthropists and family foundations that support us and support the program work of what we do. Um, and then we obviously have a whole community of people, not just the individuals that we employ and their families as well, who have to be a really holistic part and involved part of what we do. Um, but all of the customers that we have every day as well. So, so there's a lot of stakeholders and a lot of people to bring along on the journey. When I first came here, uh, All Things Equal was really about providing that equal employment um, to people with disability. The majority of people that work for us have never had a job before and so this is their first opportunity in the workforce but we have a wait list of over 50 people and so and that's without us doing um any marketing work what's you know any marketing around that whatsoever or inviting people onto our wait list so now it's really about in terms of setting that vision for the future how can we open up those opportunities to even more people and so before I was at All Things Equal, I worked in um, other, worked with other work integrated social enterprises. And so that model is about how do you provide both the training, education and work experience all in one, but then set people up to move on to open employment. And so that's what we're looking at now. So rather than All Things Equal being a destination, it's actually a stepping stone out into the world and how can we build the community around us. Um, And a cafe is a beautiful way of doing that because we have people that come into the cafe and then contact us afterwards saying, how can we be involved? We'd love to see if we can be an employer, those sorts of things. So um, that's what we're working on now. So we're working on how how can we provide an experience and a level of education that sets people up to move out into the into the big world of employment but still keep and retain part this community feel to what we do so that's essentially what my job is yeah wow i i can just imagine the absolute yay, I've got a job, I love working here. And then how do you say, yeah, but now we want you to go and work somewhere else? Like that would be yeah, really challenging. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a, a really big issue um, in society is that too many people with disabilities lack any form of, uh, never provided with enough consistency in their life. So they get moved around too often or, um, you know, people may not, may not, um, View, view individuals as capable members of society and so all of a sudden we're here and we're providing this sense of you know real world work in, with, um, with real world experiences in a real world environment and all of a sudden we're saying um, you know hey, we actually, you know, want to support you to move on because we've got other people that, that want this opportunity. So um, it's definitely something that we, um, we're we working through at the moment. And I think it's just about, um, yeah, setting the, setting the right expectations and really our goal is to support someone to be their fo- first foot into their career. So, if, you know, if we're remaining true to our values, that's just that's just how it needs to be because we want, we want to get as many individuals... Um, into you know open employment and and being paid paid appropriately for their work um but to yeah to really actually grow what whatever success and whatever you know happiness looks like in their life into the future as well so yeah and can i just say that the that transition into open employment is actually happening anyway so um 
we've had three. So of the 25 people that we supported um, in employment at All Things Equal, we've had three move into um, other work um, and actually had to say to us, thank you so much for the opportunity, but now I've got, you know, this full-time work elsewhere. Um, one of our star employees last week, he just um, secured a job with um, City of Melbourne and it's in a completely different role. Um, it's a customer-facing role. It's in something that he really enjoys in terms of navigating around the city and things like that. He'll, he'll keep working with us for some time, but that's happened of his own accord. So because yeah. he's built up his confidence and skills in the workplace here, he now has that capability to go and do that. So... There's limited um, shifts that we can provide in a cafe anyway, so we can't provide necessarily the number of hours that someone's actually looking for to work. So we're providing that skills, experience, education at the beginning, and then that actually gives them what they need to go out into open employment anyway. So kind of what we're doing is already happening quite naturally, but it's just about doing it with, with real intention. And I suppose, like I have a 21-year-old, 22 actually, she just turned 22-year-old daughter, and she works in hospo and is also at uni, but her, she's moved around in hospo and gone, oh, this doesn't work for me, that works for me, so it would be exactly the same. Like, we just have these ableist views that, oh, that's not going to happen, but they're exactly the same age as that, and they want to move there, I don't want to work here, I want to go and work near, I don't know, something that I enjoy. So, yeah. And, and we're essentially trying to normalise the the experience of having a job. So you may not love your job, you may not love every component of your job. Um, something that was really, when, when we do our interviews with, with, with staff members, we talk to them about some of the, the roles and responsibilities and one of them may be that you're cleaning the toilets. And we've had some people to, that have said to us, oh, I, I would love to do that. And you've got others who say, absolutely not of interest to me. But that's that's what having a job is. And there are things in my job that I don't love and there are things that I absolutely adore. And um, like I was saying before, we just need to be, um, you know, setting this real world up for individuals so that they can skyrocket into into whatever they want to do. Um, someone else that, that, um, that that's worked with us, he was originally told by Centrelink that he was absolutely not fit to work um, to the point where he, he, yeah, he had too many, he was told he had too many barriers towards employment. Um, and then we, we employed him. He was mentored in our kitchen by our head chef and, and, and our team. And now he has a full-time job working in a school canteen. So, um, and he that, said goodbye to us. Yeah, yeah, he left you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for us, it's it's we look at success as the stories of our of our staff members and from where they are, where they're going, and and what their goals are. Um, And we even individuals who haven't yet you know found more open employment, we see them develop an unbelievable amount of skills here that are just awesome. How did you get the idea? Did, is this been from somewhere overseas? Is there other things happening in Australia? Uh, so our founder is also the chair of our board. So his daughter, Tully, uh, was finishing school at Giant Steps and he decided that he really felt that there should be more opportunities out there for her um, rather than... You know, some of the, the yeah, typical the traditional, pathways, yeah. traditional pathways that we go down. Um, she loves cooking, loves being in the kitchen, always makes our muffins and we're very appreciative <laughs> of that. Um, so it really came, sparked 
that idea from his personal experience and what he wanted to create for his daughter um, and then also his deep knowledge of you know the community and the sector so yeah and, and when we first started we thought this was going to be a really simple um approach to inclusive employment so we, we we were thinking to ourselves okay amazing we'll start off with a cafe and then we'll open up a florist and then we'll open up a bookstore and an ice cream shop and um, I remember we had a brainstorming session and the, the ideas were endless um, until we worked out that hospitality is actually quite difficult and you've got this really interesting friction as well between hospitality and disability or inclusive employment and what that looks like and so now we're just really honing in and focusing in on how we can make this hospitality experience the, the most amazing opportunity for our staff because really the transferable skills that have that you can gain here you can then take with you anywhere um, and you're going to have to likely problem solve a lot more you're probably going to have to deal with more difficult customers at times in a cafe perhaps in comparison to other places so um, so yeah that was that was how we started um, and it's it's just grown from there yeah. I like the idea of all the shops as well but I can say that's massive my daughter is in year 12 at a specialist school and she um, has done hospitality all the way along um, but now doesn't want to do it so I can see how there's you know if this could be done in all sorts of ways wouldn't that be magic because a lot of her friends really love hospitality yeah and so does the cafe fund itself or does it require external funding so um, we've got quite a complex funding model, I yeah. suppose. So um, the cafe supports about 30% of what right. we do. Um, then we do have some NDIS funding. Um, so And that NDIS funding means that individuals can come with their own support workers and, and there's all the work that we do in the background. So we do have contact direct with people support teams in terms of their OTs, their speech therapists, all of those sorts of things. And we really want to make that a holistic experience. Um, and yeah, parents and families as well. Um, and then the third stream of funding is through philanthropy. Yeah. So yeah, so we've got family foundations, we've got uh, government grants, you know, whatever that looks like. So um, in a traditional not-for-profit social enterprise, so other work integrated social enterprises that exist, that's generally the model as well in terms of trading revenue as well as um, philanthropy because there are all these... Like the mental health elements of what you do in a social enterprise are quite significant and can't be supported by buying coffee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so if we really want to create that holistic experience, we need we need each of those streams of funding to achieve that. Mm. So, is that stressful? Are you constantly looking for money, or are you fairly established in that? Um, we're still seeking partners in that area so um, because we are about to set off as I said we've had two years of operating the cafe um, and that really being about equal employment now we're taking this step up to move more into an employment program and education based um, piece of work and that requires some investment to do it so there are other social enterprises who are doing similar things so um, you might have heard of Jigsaw um, or Australian Spatial Analytics so different organisations who are who are following a path like this but it's also quite innovative in terms of the disability sector overall um, so whilst there's others that we can learn from and integrate we're still doing something quite new and so yeah and so we do need investment to be able to set that up and 
and, and make it scalable so that we can actually create more opportunities for more people. I think, I think something else that we should mention is that we don't just run this cafe in Balaclava. Yeah. So we run we run this cafe, which is essentially like our flagship, it's our hub, it's what people know us for, but there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes as well and, and in the community. So we run um, a smaller style cafe in an aged care facility in Windsor, down the road. Um, we run a football club canteen with a local footy club. So we just launched that again for this the year on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, which is just an awesome way to connect um, all things equal with the community and with an entire sporting community. It's it's amazing, and we just sell the classic canteen-style foods, some healthy, some not as healthy. Um, <laughs> we exactly. Um, we run a cooking school, which which we absolutely love, and we're really excited to relaunch it again um, next semester. And if, if there's anyone that, that's listening that would be interested in hearing more, um, we love we love chatting to to people about that. Um, and we're actually also in the process of um, of launching our catering component of All Things Equal, so um, which we're really excited for, and that essentially can also allow us to support some more um, individuals with disability into award wage employment with us. So that's um, you know the type of things that we that we're wanting to work with with um, corporates and and um, local businesses and, and local organisations who have you know team meetings or maybe they've got a, a big event on, um, and you know why not you utilize all things equal and and um, and allow us to, to elevate what we're doing in, in that way as well so there's, there's a range of different things that we do and I guess the, the biggest the biggest part of it and going on from what Jess was saying about having um, you know philanthropic partners and what we're doing is that we we are building an all things equal community as well so we aren't just a cafe we are building an entire community of people who are invested in what we're doing, who want to see us succeed, who want to support people with disabilities to get a job in whatever they want to do. And these are all, there are so many different ways that we can be supported and that people can join us on our journey as well. This makes me want to cry because as a mum, from the minute we had, I had a diagnosis, I thought, is this, is she going to be able to work? All the silly things. Is she going to be able to drive a car? A lot of us go through some of those questions. And so now I'm approaching her turning into an adult. I know that the, the mums whose children are working here, whose adults, must the flow through to the family pride must be enormous. Yeah. 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 So that's a, that's a really big component as well. So we talk a lot about how we provide purposeful employment to people with disability but we actually forget a really key part of that which is every single other person in that in that individual's you know ecosystem that that is also their lives are being changed as well so we get feedback from parents that say you know because of because of what you've offered offered my child um, now now we actually get to sit um, and have dinner together and when I'm talking about about my work and my husband's talking about their work my son can actually be part of this conversation and there's more responsibility that they're seeing and there's more maturity that they're seeing and it really um there's a sort of essentially that chain reaction um that just starts from someone being given their first foot in the door and that's literally that's that's what we're doing it's just the first foot to to whatever else and I know myself when I've had a good day at work or when something amazing's happened, it's the first thing I want to share when everyone comes home. We did this today. And if you've got nothing to share because nobody has employed you or even at times in my life when I haven't had work, I don't feel as, um, I don't know, I don't feel my self-worth is as high as it is. So, yeah, everyone's the same. We all want that. 
My, um, I always joke that my dream is that someone goes home and, and when their parents are complaining about their manager, someone's complaining about me. Um, because, because that's, but that's actually a privilege yeah, yeah. that people get to have good days and bad days in their jobs. And then we've got, you know, almost 2.2 million people in Australia who might want to be getting work and just don't have that opportunity, even though they're absolutely deserving of being given that first chance as well. So, I mean, when you talk about um, statistics, like the unemployment rate for people with disability hasn't changed in 28 years. That's wild. That's a wild statistic. Well, it's because, I don't know, I don't know the actual reason, but for me, it's because it's an invisible workforce that nobody talks about. And so having things like, all things equal having podcasts that just normalize each family is different every person's different and we all need different support structures in our work like if I worked here I've got a really bad knee I'd need a different support structure to somebody else but we don't think about that when we go for jobs and we don't have a noticeable disability so yeah I love that idea of people complaining about you (laughs) because I bet they do Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah, what we want to know is how did you go during during lockdown? Yeah, so so lockdown was was quite tricky. I mean, we essentially so we started we opened our doors January 2021. So if you're talking about what um, you know COVID looked like in Victoria at that time, we probably couldn't have started at a worse time. Um, But I think what's really exciting about us is that we haven't been around for 20, 30 years. So everything that we do is innovative. We can think outside of the box. Um, So we started, it was was great. Then the big lockdowns hit and we were running just sort of takeaway. But then we also launched our cooking school during that period. So we actually pivoted. We were considered an essential service. Um, People needed breaks from their parents. Parents needed breaks from their their children. Um, And we essentially established one of our key components of All Things Equal during that period of time. So it was obviously difficult for us. um, But... One thing that I love is the fact that even during that period, um, since we started, so say two and a little bit years, we've provided over two hundred and two hundred twenty thousand dollars in wages, award-based wages, award-based wages. So even during that period, we were still able to to find different ways to to have people get people into work, um, and yeah, that that's that's pretty cool for us. Now, lots of our listeners will understand how important an award wage is, but a lot of people won't. They won't understand that a lot of people with disabilities don't work for an award wage. Do you want to explain how that looks if you'd never heard of the fact that people with maybe an intellectual disability don't don't earn award wages? 
So um, a lot of people with disability who are working are working under volunteer arrangements in particular. Um, but there's also something called a supported wage and that's with an Australian Disability Enterprise, an ADE. Um, and so that means that some people can be paid as little as sort of 2 or $3 per hour for their work. Um, in terms of what we're doing here, it's about looking at, well, what is your contribution to work um, and how does that make you feel valued in the workplace? Um, and we just think that by providing award-based employment, one, it shows the individual that they're an equal part yeah. of the team, but also it means that we have equal expectations of yeah. that individual as well. So we're not a day service, we're not hmm. a school, we're an employer. Yeah. And you're coming and you're being paid $30 an hour to work in a cafe, and that means that you get here on time, you wear your uniform correctly, you don't take breaks unless you're entitled to it. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of those things. And and so that's a really big step up. And mm. so um, we're not saying that other other ways of operating don't have their place. No, no. We're just saying that this is this is the standard that we're setting. Because we as we said, like our goal is to move people out into open employment. And so it's here that they need to learn what are the real expectations of work. Because in another job they're not gonna let you have a, a break after forty five minutes and you yeah. know, things like that. Yeah. So that's really important for us to do. And also just to really show people that what their value is and what they can yeah. contribute to the workplace. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking because my daughter has the um, pension that then there's always this sort of worry about if they earn too much, then we'll have to lose the pension, stuff like that. I, I feel like that needs to be spoken about because I want her to be earning money and not be feeling hamstrung by what if she's going to lose her pension, you know? I, I feel like that's a silent thing that people don't talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, so the pension's a really interesting one. Um, and I don't know if there's enough knowledge just yet on around like the DSP and getting paid for your work. What we say and what a lot of people believe as well is that it is if you are able to and you have the opportunity, it is always in your interest to also work and to be getting paid um, for all the, you know, all those skills and, and yes, sense of, of purpose. Um, but your DSP can go down slightly, but you will never lose your full DSP unless you are working, I think it's 30 or say 38 hours a week, something like that. So I don't know if people quite realise that and you're, you won't lose your DSP by working eight hours or 15 hours a week. Um, and yeah, that might be quite new for some people because this is just how it's always been. Yeah. But I think also there needs to be a process to this because the individuals I know who are on a pension and are worried about losing that pension, that is their single source of security. Yeah, it's a like, safety net. I know many people who have secured jobs and then the business has changed owners yeah. and then somehow that job is no longer available yeah. for them and stuff like that. So having that pension underlying, I can understand yeah. why you would why you wouldn't want to lose that like yeah, that's yeah. that's absolute surety and so I think it's really important for us to like be able to move over time towards something that really where the pension can really recognize like properly yeah. recognize the value of what work is and not impact that yeah 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 I don't know precisely what that looks like but it's really important for us to move towards that because 
we want people to work, not yeah, be penalised yeah. for working. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, counterintuitive. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it is huge, and I know you know for people who worked during um, the lockdowns and got job seeker job keeper sorry they got job keeper they could just put their hours in and the job keeper was guaranteed for that time but oh this week you worked enough hours you didn't get it but next week you'll still get it you didn't have to then justify that I need this money in six months when I lose my job that I still uh, you know like there needs to be a really really simple system but anyway I mean who can solve this but four women having a coffee <laughs> I mean look to be totally honest if you want that to see proper change you know, there could be four women over a coffee that can actually have yeah, that change. Yeah, no, that's right. Look at um, what you're doing. Yeah. And, and you can see, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I guess in, like, the local area um, that, that we're based in, there's some pretty unbelievable organisations that support people with disability, and they've all come from literally people sitting oh, around, having yeah. a chat, yes. and not just having a chat about it, but then thinking, okay, great, now how do we make this happen? How do we actually, you know, be solution-focused in this? Yes. And we've seen some some amazing advancements, and I think... We're really lucky um, in, in our local area to have these organisations that exist. And I know from families, you know, you're talking recreational, you're talking employment, you're talking theatre, um, you know, amazing support work agencies. Like, there's yeah. some, it's, it's really, we're very lucky. I think we're all lucky, actually. She said a lot of us don't know what's lying underneath the surface. So just say Mandy and I were like, okay, we want to start a, um, a gift shop that focuses in sensory things and really awesome kid things that our kids love. How many years did it take from the person thinking, I want to do this till this cafe? Actually, yeah. How long? I think it's uh, you can take however long you want to take and yeah. however long you need. But from our end, I think it was about six months. Wow. I, our, our approach to this was let's just get started. Things won't be perfect. I mean, <laughs> that sounds the Mandy and I approach. <laughs> that is my approach. Um, you know, two and a half years later, when it's still not perfect, and we will never be yeah, perfect. But right. all we can do is improve and improve and improve. Um, or there might be another approach that is, you know, you take your time, you get all your structures and processes in place, and that can also be incredibly beneficial. So, um, anything you want to add, Jess? I would just say I'm, I'm, I have a social enterprise with my brother as well, and that's been about 18 months, I think. But it was like another 18 months before yeah, that of okay. ideation and yeah. you know working together, and it's it's very. It, it's slow in the yes. sense of because we're like gathering all our information and he's still working full time and yeah. all of those parts. So I think sometimes when you listen to people starting businesses or stories and things like that, it can seem like things happen really quickly. No. But yeah. often like the idea has to kind of germinate yes. for yeah, a long time so. before yeah. it comes to fruition as well. So. And I think if it's just me starting a business, selling flowers, whatever, that's one thing. But if I'm bringing other people in that's going to impact their lives, I probably want to do it right. I think as well in terms of, you know, you were asking earlier about the complexity of our funding as well. Like, yeah, there are, I have a finance background, so I do think through all of those yeah. things. And, um, you know, uh, I, I would highly encourage any, anyone to, if you've got an idea, give it a go, but also really think through all yeah. of those elements so yeah. that you can be setting yourself up for success. Yeah. yeah. And I think also, I mean, our approach to what we do, we've, we've got some standard processes and structures in place, but we've also got 
an individualised approach. So we, we work with our staff, with, with their families and, and their support team, as Jess said. Um, and that also takes up, that takes a lot of time because yeah. we want to get this right. We want to set everyone up yes. for success in their own way. Yeah. We have a bunch of different workplace accommodations and resources in place that you wouldn't just be getting in a standard place yeah. either. So yeah. um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot that goes into it. And yeah. I think that's probably the same in, in any social enterprise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's... It, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I can think of all the lots. I really, really can. <laughs> but I think, you know, Mandy and I always say um, tricky isn't bad and hard isn't bad. And we've sort of conditioned in our society to go, well, that sounds hard or that sounds tricky. Oh, who cares? It's actually awesome. The results from some tricky and some hard are really, really good. So I'm proud to live in this time in Australia, you know, when there's people like you and the family that started this that has a vision because five years ago it didn't exist. So I think the world is going to be a brighter place for my children, for anyone who's coming up into young adulthood as well. So, yeah, I th- it's fabulous. Yeah. One thing that helps me is because um, I'm very personally committed as well as professionally yeah. committed to what we're doing, um, I don't – I actually find the challenges quite exciting. Yeah. Like, rather than uh, – Probably in, in a past life when I was in more traditional corporate sort of thing, if I got something wrong, I'd be really hard on myself. Whereas here, I'm like, okay, well, we just learned from that. And then, okay, so how are we going to do it better? And what's the next step? And I just find it exciting rather than rather than the other way around. So, yeah, that's right. And so, um, you know, having Bianca and I have very high standards of ourselves. But I think also being accepting along oh, the way yeah. of like trying new things, and you wouldn't get anywhere if you were scared. So no. yeah. Can I just ask about like the fit out? Like it's gorgeous, but who is in charge of like you know how, like the designs and yeah, and how did that work for the individuals that were going to be working in here? Like what sort of accommodations did you think about or didn't you? Yeah, so so the, there's a lot of accommodations that we that we have in place that we can we could control when we first started. There's still a bunch of things that we still would really like to see. So we've got a ramp here, um, but it's a, a ramp that we put out and yeah. and we have to remove. We don't yet have an inbuilt ramp, which is obviously what we want to see. We want to have accessible bathrooms. Those type of things seem to be far more complex than what we originally anticipated. Um, So they're just things that we're working through and that's what I mean about us continuing to improve on what we're doing. Um, But in terms of the fit out, I guess our approach to this was we want this to be a fresh, typical cafe in Melbourne Um, and hopefully we're doing that. Um, But yeah, we want this to be vibrant, we want this to be fun, we want this to be age appropriate. So we've got a lot of colour in what we do and our branding and and all those sorts of things. But really we're looking at this as a place that is bubbly and welcoming and, and kind to everyone that that visits us and and um hopefully our fit out can can demonstrate that as well yeah we will put photos up on all the social media peas but it's very very cute it's got neon i'm obsessed with neon at the moment and it's got a very cute neon sign which i'll take a photo of so yeah and it's in a good spot there's trams out the front and there's you know it's a good location so yeah i mean 
from our end, how cool is it that our biggest competitors are just other cafes on the street? Yeah. Like, what a, that's, it's awesome. Um, so that's, yeah, we're just a standard cafe on Carlisle Street that's competing to have the best coffee in Melbourne. And we just happen to have people in our team that have disability and some who happen to not. And that's, that's literally it. And yeah, on a personal note, I feel absolutely privileged to be in the position that I am here. And don't know if I'm, you know, um, able to change the world, but I, I just want to be part of the solution. And this is my, this is my way of doing it for now. But um, yeah, it, All Things Equal is, um, we're on a really exciting journey and we're, we're yeah. literally just getting started. So. We're going to see if we can interview someone who's working here. But just before that, we might wrap up with us. I just want to know what is one thing you want to tell our community about All Things Equal or one thing that you want the world to know or two maybe? Um, I really want people to know that people with disability are ready, willing and absolutely capable of working and every single person can get a job that is meaningful and purposeful. People with disability are not the, in inverted commas, the issue or the challenge or the barrier. It's us in society, you know, the social model of disability. What environment do we need to create? What accommodations do we need to put in place to make sure that we can set people up for success? So I think if we change our mindset, we can really change the way that people with disability experience the world. Um, and it's up to us as individuals. And hopefully, you know, everyone that listens to all your podcasts, um, finish listening to them with a bit more of an education and then it's essentially our responsibility every every listener's responsibility um to to then you know slowly and slowly continue to do better and 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 improve yeah just what comes to mind is um you know my brother's words and he always says i just i want people to know that our potential is limitless and so we always talk about the limitless potential of people with disability and I just think it's so true Um, my brother alone is an incredibly talented individual um, who shouldn't and isn't boxed away and um, the same as every individual that we have working here they have their own unique talents that bring this place to life and when you work walk into all things equal there is a buzz that takes over and that's because of those people and um yeah so I just think that limitless potential is just so true and it's you know in all of us it's our responsibility to find out what is that potential and how do we take it to a new level a new height so very very true yeah call to action and if you're in Melbourne then you have to come here and you have no excuse. We will not accept any reason why you haven't popped in for a coffee because it's really cool. (laughs) Well, we have one of the employees here. Would you like to tell us your name? My name is Paul Rami. And how long have you been here at All Things Equal? How long? Um, For two years. And what's your favourite thing to do here when you work here? Is it making the coffees, taking the orders? Uh, I do take by the order and, uh, and I make people is, is smile in the face. Yeah. You do. I am beaming right now. <laughs> do you have regular customers that come in? Yes, we do. We've got um, the few, the, a few people that come in and... Um, I just, I just, I just feel the people to come and they will come in. Yeah. 
And how do you feel about working here? I did, I did love working here. It's a, it's the best thing, and uh, and we are in, in teamwork in teamwork, baby. Yeah. And <laughs> and um, it makes me so so happy. And do you go home and complain about Bianca to your parents? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I don't really complain about Bianca. Just my, just my best friend ever. Oh, <laughs> what is the worst job about your work here? The worst job. Um, I don't. I don't have. I don't. I don't have anything worse up here. No, I don't. And I love this stuff here too. Do you have any dreams for when you might leave here one day? One day, um, I don't want to move uh, one day to um, to a class by in Sydney or in uh, a Gold Coast. That's for one day. One day. But yeah, yeah. Travel. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us. We're about to order and we can't wait to taste this delicious food. Thank you so much. And you're welcome. And I'm so happy to see you. You're very happy mood. Yeah, I am in a very happy mood. You are right. Thank you. And you're welcome. Wow. It so, was so good. So good. It was lovely to be there and to see their words in action. Yeah, and Go. Yeah. I know we, we asked you, but if you live in or around Melbourne, you can get there and it's just a really nice cafe. Yeah, and if you're someone who's got money, you want to give them some mm, money give or, them money. you know, and, and just think about the idea of that. Mm. How amazing if the world had more of these places. Oh, how amazing. <laughs> yeah. The world would be a I would place. feel easier about my daughter yeah, turning yeah, 18. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And it's 50 people on the waiting list. That's yeah, because it's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. We had a really lovely time. We're so grateful that they gave us their time. Yep. And we will follow their story and we will keep you updated on any of their yes. exciting things. The show notes are packed with things that yes. you can engage with. Go follow their Instagram. Use their catering. Yes. Like all sorts of things, please. Yeah, if you've got a dinner in Melbourne and you live in the area, probably even if you don't live that close, they will come and cater for you. So, And they also use their space. You can, you can you rent know, it. Re- use their space. So yeah. parties, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yep, so go for it. Use it. All right. And as we mentioned, we think you've probably heard this already. We're not doing our cry laugh differences anymore. We'll say it a few times. We are doing them. We're going to keep doing them, but they're not going to be in our Thursday episodes. They're going to be in our snap peas. Yes. Because we're being really organized Mm. and doing lots of episodes, banking them up at the Mm. moment. So that's the reason. But anyway, we're still doing it because we always need to look for the laugh cry make a difference in our lives. But we like them to be relevant to what's happening at the time. So there's no point talking about succession when it's been six months after it ended, you know? (laughs) So we're just going to keep it because we are relevant women oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so we're going to put them in because we normally record a snap pee on a thursday put it out on a monday that's right that's as relevant as you can get in our life so anyway keep rating and reviewing us go to our website buy our book all the things order booklets yep do all the things please yep see you next week see you bye
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 